Welcome to the B-Sides and Beers podcast. Welcome to B-Sides and Beers episode 21. Tonight we're uh, tonight we're doing a, a deep dive into the brilliance of Mike Patton. Uh, how are we doing tonight? Good. Good, good, man. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing just fantastic. I'm wicked stoked over this one. So uh really looking to <laughs> looking to just dive right in. So I got a I got a pop filter here. Plosive. 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 <laughs> Sibilance. How does Sibilance. that sound? <laughs> it works. <laughs> See that out of the windsock. <laughs> <laughs> the filter yeah all these all these little upgrades they uh they make big differences we'll see i don't know it looks cool. oh i'm recording over something right now Uh oh should we restart no let's just keep going i th- i think it'll be fine <laughs> we should probably restart no, it's good. It's good. Don't worry. It's um I think this is just testing stuff I was doing earlier. So it's like the old BCR a- days taping over something. It's da- it's daddy rock, so we're fine. I can see the the label here, so we're good. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just taped over the Oiler game, man. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. So this was um this was a crazy one. I thought I knew like most of Mike Patton's stuff, but like yeah. It's insane. He's a busy guy. He really guy. is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just I the 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 rabbit hole was so deep and so far down that I got lost sometimes and I had to come back like I caught myself like down something else and i'm like okay you should probably go back to the original thing that we're doing here but it just was it was fun to do though too like it was just so many it was almost like you could kind of have a, like a map of all the different like people and all the different uh genres and all the different you know stuff and connect it all together like it was it was wild yeah yeah but i'm with you i learned about a whole a whole new like you know, side of Mike Patton. And I thought like, I thought he, I knew a lot of his stuff too. And I wasn't even close. Yeah. wasn't even close. So yeah, I'm excited. Should cool. we do the, should we do the beers? Let's, let's do let's the beers. Do the beers. Who wants to start? Oh, why don't you go first, Mike? How would I go first? Cause I always tend to go last. So sure. Yeah. So tonight I've got a, what's this? It's from Balderdash Brewing Company out of Vancouver. And it is called a Wiley Wolverine. It's an eight percent lager. Whoa! Nice. Yeah, man, that's yeah. the sneaky weasel guys, right? Totally, totally. Yeah. yeah. Oh. And uh, I had not seen this before. I've I had a couple of their their, uh, their other um, offerings, but this one was just kind of a they had a six pack little section at the bottom shelf, and I almost walked right past and I saw it the eight percent. So I thought, ah, oh, let's jump on it. So it's it's really fucking good. And what kind of beer is it? It's a lager. It's a strong lager, it says. So 
Nice. Yeah. Strong lager. Yeah. And it's, it's cheap mildly, too, right? Oh yeah. It was like seven bucks for a six pack or something. Yeah. 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 So does it say, is it like a lagered ale? Or it is says, it uh, this, this mildly hopped strong lager delivers a bold 8% alcohol per volume. Uh, that's pretty well it. So, huh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, I'll look it up, but I think. And it packs a serious punch, apparently. That's what you want. That's, that's that what eight. you want. Yeah. Why would you go with less? That's right. <laughs> Yeah, because I was looking for like a cheaper honey brown, and that's the one I found. And then you couldn't find it for a while in Vernon, and then now they got up. them. Yep. Yeah, yeah, which is odd that you have something or I have something that you don't. But they only have it at one liquor store here that I can find. So, which oh, okay. is really all you need. But it took a little while to find it. So, yeah, yeah. Dane, you're up. Um, yeah, I'm, I've been stuck on Mount Aerosmith. Their stuff is awesome. So I've, I'm nice. drinking the blonde ale tonight. I've also got their low pressure Porter, which is delicious. Um, I've got a new tradition, uh, Fraser tail West coast pale ale. I don't really drink too many, uh, pale ales, but new tradition is a small brewery that popped up about, about a year and a half ago in comox cool and um yeah really cool it's a it's a real cool spot i like it and then um a kitty hawk honey cream ale from ace breweries also in comox you got lots out there man and lots of good ones too yeah it's it's been a really good year a really good couple of years for just breweries around the uh comox valley and um on the island in general yeah yeah. And they're sticking around too. There was one called Forbidden Brewery, which I really liked, and they had to shut their doors, unfortunately. But um a lot of the ones that have popped up have stayed. So that's it's good awesome. that there's even with uh, all the competition, it's not even a competition. Everybody seems to be, you know, helping yeah. each other out and it's more of a community than Yeah, there's been some really cool promotions with some of them. Um just like charities and um yeah even you know with the pandemic and all that stuff going on there's lots of delivery services and so things are still going so things awesome. are still happening so yeah it's good once yeah. uh once all this covid stuff's over it'd be uh it'd be great to take a swing down there and just hit a bunch of them and do some some tours oh Yes, that would be amazing. That would be so cool to show you guys yep. around. I mean, I'm sure you have a few on your list, but. Well, really, Eddie, just to experience any of them, uh, I, I keep thinking back in, uh, what was it, 2008 that we went to Vancouver there, Flip, for Radiohead, and uh, yeah. we did a bunch of bunch of brewery tours, and they were fantastic. Yeah, yeah, what it was you, fun. What did you guys hit up in Vancouver? Like, which we did, breweries did we yeah. do? Yeah, I remember we did Granville. And I think yep. there were two others, weren't there? Yeah, there was a couple other ones. I can't somehow I can't remember the names of those yeah. other ones. I just remember that Granville Island one at the end there when we were on the tour, and then the whole bunch of people they give you all this free beer at the end, and Pictures. they're like, "Oh, we won't drink Ooh. it. We're not going to drink it." So we're like, "Ah, uh, yep, thanks." They just passed it did. all to us. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like five or six pitchers of beer, and we didn't really have anywhere to go, but 
Yeah. And it was great because nobody else there drank really dark stuff. So yeah. I ended up getting like two pitchers to myself because nobody wanted the, the, <laughs> Holy the really dark stuff. Yeah, that was a good day. Yeah. yeah, it was fun. It was a good time. So uh, was this on like a bus or something? Or No, you no, just no. walk in and what, what was it, 20 bucks a person or something? I think, I think it was 20 was, yeah. bucks a person and then they take you on the big tour and at the end they give you the taste test type deal but Oh was this like a, a like a like you go walk into a tent and there's like a whole bunch of like No it's like, actually in the brewery so they walk you oh, you okay. go in the front door and you you pay your thing and then they they walk around you walk they walk you around with the brewmaster and he talks about things and shows you the different rooms and the setups and Yeah yeah it's it's killer so Speaking of uh, brewmasters, the college just across the the street from me up here, uh, they have a class where, Ooh. yeah, they teach you how to, I don't know if it's how to become a brewmaster or like they give you enough knowledge so you can get a job at a brewery and like work your way up. But there's like become classes. Become an apprentice. Yeah. There's classes you can take. Wicked. Yeah. That's so cool. Uh, I'm keeping it local tonight and I, for the first time, and I think this is the only place that brews beer in salmon arms. So I'm drinking, uh, the station house blonde ale from the Shushwap Lake Brewing Company. Nice. Um, nice. Yeah. So I've got, I've got that. And then when I'm done that, I'm going to go to the Bushwhacker brown ale. Cool. When I'm done that, I'm gonna to go to the talking dog wit. Oh, a bit. Yeah. Nice. You got it. Nice. You got it. So is it so, like a, a multi twelve pack kind of thing? Just a mixed deal? Yeah, or? like a six pack, but they don't sell them in the st- in the in the liquor stores. Um they sell it really? only at uh you know the Barley Station brew pub there. Yeah, yeah. Uh right on the highway there. Yeah. So they own they make it right there. Um and then uh, I, I they don't bottle it there. I think they bottle it in Armstrong, but mm-hmm. um or Canon and Armstrong too, but uh yeah, they they make it right right there and then they take all the barley and they make all the bread for the like the beer bread for the restaurant right there oh too. awesome so yeah oh, wow. yeah which is also ridiculously good so oh. um i haven't been in that brew pub in a while and uh walked in and just grabbed a six pack out of the front cooler and snagged that so i'm pretty pumped because i haven't had their beer in a long time so that's what i'm drinking tonight very cool nice yes Where do we start with this guy? <laughs> let's let's start at the beginning. That's usually a good place to start. <laughs> how do you how do your notes go? Mm. <laughs> or do you Tell jump you, man, around like a ton? just pages of just notes, just <laughs> Whoa. random thoughts. I was drinking a coffee and writing stuff down this morning, and uh, <laughs> writing what I knew, writing some new stuff, and just kind of all going. But I mean, I. This last two weeks, maybe even, um, you know, three weeks, I've been just listening to as much Mike Patton as I could and trying to, like, find out all these different bands that he was in and see how many I could actually listen to and on some of them, how many I could stick around for too, Mm -hmm. right? Like, they're not all, like, front-to-back listens, like, unbelievable, right? So... 
that's that's right yeah so my notes are all over the place so my hope is that you guys can kind of we'll just focus it in and we'll we'll find some spots uh, and i can just kind of throw these points in and put my two cents in but sweet yeah (laughs) let's do it yeah uh do we want to pick it up like after faith no more like after angel dust kind of thing since we kind of already talked about that or what do you guys think i think that would make sense i mean we don't need to do much more into faith no more other than you know hitting a couple little after um after angel dust for sure but uh you know his his catalog is so immense that you know spending any longer than we did the last time which was probably the most uh the most involved deep dive we've done you know compared to to a lot of the other podcasts that i've i've heard it's it's uh yeah there was a ton of info on that one so yeah it was good Mm -hmm. we had a lot of good research there because there's lots out there i find too right but yeah um i mean did you guys listen to any of these kind of projects that he's got did you check those out yeah what did <laughs> what did you like what 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 caught your eye what what stood out for you okay um what stood out okay well first i have to i mean like i feel like i'm skipping ahead here but obviously the new mr bungle and i was saving that mm-hmm. um like i heard about it it was coming like we were just like texting each other and sending each other like whoa there's a new mr bungle and like um you know the everyone who was involved with it, um, Lombardi and uh, what's the dude's name? Ian Scott Scott Ian and uh, yeah. Dave Lombardo. So yeah, Scott Ian from Anthrax and Dave Lombardo, Lombardo from uh, Slayer. Slayer. Yeah. So, and it's so it's di- it's so different. So um, compared to the last one released in '99, I think that was California. Yeah, but. So that's what really stood out for me. I mean, like, there's, again, so much. And, Mike, you'd sent me an album that I'd never even heard of before, like Mr. General Patton. Yeah, oh, something man, I or other. To that. Oh, yeah, General Patton and the Executioners, like, versus yep. the Executioners. And, uh, wow, like, I just listened to that. Like, I find that I go in these, these like, kind of, I listen to a Mike Patton album nonstop. Like I'll just listen to it nonstop and then kind of just out, play dude. it out and then go on to the next one. But that one I had on repeat for like all day. Like it was kind of like going for days almost. I had it downloaded. I was cruising in the car listening to it. Like um, it was solid. Yeah. And like all these different like movie quotes and yeah. samples thrown in there. And it was just, it was awesome. So when you you gave me that link, I was afraid to even listen to it because I was like, okay. Like I listened to the first couple seconds of the first track and I was like, all right, this is like another peeping Tom. But like, I think it was released in 2005. So I was, I was, you know, afraid it was going to be a little bit dated with like oversampling too much scratching, really way too much hippity hoppity. I mean, I love hip hop, but like, peeping tom was kind of too hippity hoppity for me like he's a talented man i don't think he's like the greatest rapper ever but whatever i went to go (laughs) see peeping tom and it was a fun show but um it was it was great and like um 
I think that that the new Mr. Bungle and that album stood out the most for me. Well, he he yeah. raps at least as good as Anthony Kiedis. <laughs> ah, good one, good one. <laughs> That's because he took Anthony Kiedis's fucking mojo. He stole his stole mojo. <laughs> so bogus, like. I don't know if that was real. Like, I don't know how deep that went. Like, I don't know how much the media played it up, uh, you know. But, I mean, from what you read and what, you, you know, I've known for the past few years about, you know, Anthony Kiedis taking him off bills and stuff like that. And Seems you know, pretty real when you start kicking him off of uh, festivals. Yeah. And, and did you guys see there's YouTube... Uh, I don't think it's the full concert, but Mr. Bungle dresses up like the guys yep. from the Chili it was like Peppers. a Halloween show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he rips, they rip them pretty good. Yeah. So good. Yeah. But yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I went through, I went through that Mr. Bungle again, uh, and I went back to California, um, cause that was my like second, my second experience into Mike Patton like first one was uh, Faith No More and then I didn't listen to anything until I listened to Mr. Bungle and Mr. Bungle I knew what was around but like I didn't really know what it was or who was in it um but then I heard it like in 99 or 2000 or whatever and then I went yeah that that was kind of my second time and then I didn't do anything until Tomahawk right that was my next one and then yeah and then I mean that new Tomahawk, the two new Tomahawk songs are exciting. They, uh, I'm looking forward to this new album. So. Yeah. But yeah, definitely. But mid gas and anonymous are still my favorite albums. Yeah. I watched an interview with him. Uh, he was on Henry Rowland's podcast. I forget the name of it. That was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. And he, so Henry Rowland's was saying that they would play mid gas um, while the crowd was like walking in for their shows and Mike Pat's like, Oh yeah. Did you do that to like scare them or like turn them around or something like that? So <laughs> I, I wonder if he like even likes the album. Yeah. I don't know. I can't, I, I have no idea how to take Mike Patton in interviews. He's one of those guys that I have no idea if he's, you know, yeah. we talked about this before too. If he's serious, if he's sarcastic, if he's, you know, joking. I don't, I just can't take him, you know? But, and I think it depends on who's interviewing him too. Well, it's funny too. Any of the interviews that I've, the, the interviews that you're able to see actual video of, you can tell he's being very sarcastic and just, you know, going next level, just messing with whoever's interviewing them and whatever. But uh, on, on just pure audio, it's definitely hard to, to tell. But uh, it seems the the older he gets, the 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 more he's toned down the 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 messing about. So like he he just seems more straight up. And and uh, there was one that I was listening to that he was talking about how he's he's just getting he's tired of that. And you know there was a there was a time where he's pushing buttons and now he just doesn't care. So yeah, yeah, that was funny that I watched that Eric Andre one that interviewed. Have you do you guys ever watch Eric Andre show? No, uh, no. I tried getting into it. It didn't work for me. <laughs> oh man, I don't know what it is. Like Nicole and I, we watch it all the time. Whenever yeah. it's on, like we have a series recording set for it, and I don't know what it is about that show, but 
like we look at each other and we're like, I don't really know why we should like this, but we do. Like it's hilarious every time we watch it. I'm not sure what the, what it is about that guy, but it is just the craziest show ever. Which you know, any, you know? A- any time that I've watched that, I just, I, I, it just seems like it's a complete copy of uh, Tom Green show. Kinda. And that's why it's hard to watch. It's like, okay, I've seen all of this stuff when Tom Green did it in his pure brilliance in the 90s, right? Yeah. Yeah. I just like how he makes, like, celebrities not take themselves, like, as serious as they usually do, right? Like, in his interviews, like, I I like that part about it. I guess I like the awkwardness that he, (laughs) I I don't know. It's good. I, I think it's funny. And I the fact that he just trashes his set every single episode is just, <laughs> I don't know. So is it like a Zach Galifianakis, like in between two ferns kind of deal or? No, he's like the whole, every single show, it's like, I don't know, 12 minutes long. And every single show he starts off by like running on to set and just like absolutely trashing his set and like beating everybody up in the band and it's always like these old guys in the band and stuff he like comes full on and like tackles the drummer back into the riser and like that's the whole opening and then he just kind of sits down and like everybody the whole set resets and then he starts his show and it's just like i don't know i just get a kick out of it i'm not sure why i do but it's just one of those shows, but it was a very weird guy to be interviewing Mike Patton. I, I was like, I, I did not expect that, but yeah, <coughs> it was, it was good. It was a good interview. Cool. But, uh, yeah, I, I had a tough time getting into some of these projects though, you know, like not all of them are like I said are were good. Like I listened to um did you guys listen to Hemophiliac? No. I went through everything that I could find on Spotify and everything that I could find on YouTube, and I think that's the only one that I didn't find. Hemophiliac is on there. I don't the whole album is on there, and then it's just like beeps and bops, and it's him doing sounds this girl on laptop electronics and that john zorn on saxophone that's all it is (laughs) and it's just like this kind of soundscapes and like just crazy stuff and i i couldn't do it like i was i was gone in like less than five minutes i was like okay like i see what you're doing here like i'm good i'm good but there was no rhythm factor no, to it I mean, kind of like uh, bleeps and bloops of Radiohead songs and whatever. Not even a beat, you know, like nothing yeah. there, right? But you know, then I think back to like his first solo record. And did you guys have you guys listened to that? Yep. The adult themes for voice. Yeah. 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 Wow. It, like, there's a lot of difficult stuff, man. Yeah. Yeah. It it is, but like I, the fact that the guy recorded that, you know, in hotel rooms during faith no more tours yeah and then like with a Tascam four track recorder and you know just goes and does it and that's your first offering when you're kind of in the height of your career whatever you want to call it at the time and that's the first offering he does for his solo album right like just crazy songs of just mouth effects 
It it does make sense though the the character that he is. I mean, you look at every single project, and so little of it is any sort of a mainstream sound. Like it's just very, um, what's avant garde, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Really, kind of all over the damn place, and it's it's art for art's sake, not necessarily um, any sort of a, a tonal flow to it. And, and even from when you look at a specific album and you go from from track to track and it, it's almost like you're listening to, you're, you're sitting in your car and you've got your radio with the dial and you're turning from station to station to station and ah, it's, it's five like different that. styles. It's like five different styles and it'll go from jazz to rock to metal to noise to <laughs> to, to pop to everything in one song and it was so hard to like it's it's very adhd kind of all over the damn place and going through these it's you know I, I pick up parts here and there that are amazing and then it just shoots off to you know left and then it's it's really hard to follow and i really tried like i like really weird um not mainstream styles of music and that was really hard to to follow i think i like that's a great way of um i guess creating like an analogy about his mm-hmm. style like the radio station and like i totally agree mike with what you said because a lot of even stuff that i feel like i should like like dead cross for example it's a great offering yep I maybe have listened to the album twice. Whereas wow. like, you know, Angel Dust, I've listened to hundreds of times. I'm and sure. See, I'm on the opposite side of that where yeah. out of everything that I found in my search, I would say Dead Cross and Mr. Bungle, uh, The Raging Wrath of the Easter Bunny are my two favorite offerings out of anything that he's done. Right. Yeah. Um, but some stuff, you know, the, the avant-garde stuff I Mm -hmm. do like, and because I kind of have a perspective of Mike Patton as this guy who explores extremes, but he's able to dial it or dial it back when he needs to. So he was like already in Mr. Bungle listening to death metal and all this crazy stuff before Faith No More. And then Faith No More was like an exercise in control and dialing it back to something which was more palatable and like something which could be played on the radio. And again, that, that general Patton, that, that, sorry, what's the name of that album again? General, general Patton. Yeah. Versus the executioners. Yeah. yeah. I like, I was just thinking, like I, I was listening to it last weekend and I was trying to figure out, okay, like this is a great example of both extremes here. So he's got this, it's almost like, and I was just driving down the highway and I was trying to figure out like how I could explain it. And I was like, it's an anodized polarization because he's so good <laughs> at like having these contrasts, quiet, super fucking loud, screaming, and then like uh, crooning. And yeah. he creates this awesome, interesting bridge in between the two, um, two sides of the spectrum. And that's where I, I really like the avant-garde stuff because it's it's different, first of all. 
Um, and like, I don't, I mean, I guess you could call dead cross avant-garde, but I think, um, I'm like California is a perfect album just because it is, it's that it's like this sort of bridge in between these two extremes. And there's so much in that in between, right. And in, in between the, the, the two sides. So it feels so too. And I agree with that. And that's a perfect analogy. And I like yours too, Mike. I think that those are all great ways to describe that music. Right. And like all kind of all those different projects of his, but it feels like they tried to, um, not commercialize it, but make it mainstream. And it never really like caught on that way. Right. Like other than faith, no more, none of these bands really, I mean, okay. Tomahawk ha- had a little bit, but you know, I read lots of getting booed off the stage stories with Tomahawk too. Right. Like, well, it's because it's so out there. I mean, you look at their, their 2001 album for Tomahawk and front to oh. back, it's pretty, it's it's pretty palatable for people that aren't into anything odd or obscure, you know, just more towards the mainstream. There's the beats, there's the arrangements, there's there's a, enough of a flow. And then when you go to any of the other albums from uh, Tomahawk, it's it's a hard listen if you're not dialed into that, right? Um, Anonymous is so good, though. Anonymous is like in my top twenty. Really. Oh yeah, man! Wow. Oh yeah. yeah the, the only one out of all of those that I could sit through more than two listens was the first, the two thousand one version or album. The you just did. the self titled Tomahawk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think they could get away with producing an album like that now in twenty twenty one? Probably, but really, I, I, so, I sorry, I'm going, I'm sidetracking hard here. And that is like the whole, like Mike Patton, Mike Patton thing is like, I don't know. It's like, it's way too like literal, like it's a, yeah. it's appropriating culture, right? In a way, yes, like they do time. it, they do it well, but do you and think that's what I kept thinking, man? I mean, is, is this, is this what he's singing? Is this like an actual take from an original you know something that's actually in that specific like an indigenous language or is he just making up mumbo jumbo and you know could it could it be offensive because you're appropriating and i don't know right 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 i don't know that's what makes it (laughs) you know like that's the appeal to it too at the same time right like i guess it's just that that satirical side at the same time, right? That's just like, you're not quite sure how to take it. And I don't know. I, I, I think anonymous is, is and admit gas too. They're both. I, I like, I like both of those albums more than I like the 2001 offering. Like, I think they're yeah. both yeah. better than that one, yeah. but um, that's another like anonymous again, listen to it a ton, a, a ton yeah on cd right like that cd Mm -hmm. that you gave me dane that was the one that i had like and i just i still have it and i've it's scratched to shit now but (laughs) i uh i listen to it a lot a lot and i'll go back to that album every once in a while and like i'm not really you know i had never really listened to any kind of like native american music before really you know but there's something about that album it's just got a weird different vibe to it that I really dig. Oh wait, did I get it mixed up? I thought the self-titled one was the indigenous 
Native no, American 2000, music. 2003, yeah. But there's stuff in the 2001 and the 2003 album that are oh, both. Yeah, yeah. They, they still have stuff in there, right? Like God Hates a Coward and like, you know. That oh, stuff love that there. track. Like, that was so good. The opening yeah. track to McGas still puts goosebumps on my heart. Oh, yeah. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like there's just, there's a lot of good stuff there, but there's a lot of not good stuff. But again, it's depending on what you're looking for too, I think, right? Like, what did you get? What do you guys think of the Phantomist stuff? I couldn't do it. And it was really hard to, you know, you when you look at it's Mike Patton, it's Buzz Osborne from the Melvins. Yeah. Uh, you've got Trevor Dunn, which was, is he the original bass player for, um, the hell was it was it mr bungle yes I think he was in mr bungle yeah and mm-hmm. dave lombardo uh dave lombardo from slayer and yeah when you when i saw the lineup prior to listening to any of their any of their albums it was i was really fired up about it and then when you get into it it's it's very much you know it's got a lot of killer ideas but it uh it never seemed like anything was finished it was just very I agree with all, that. All over the damn place, right? Where you yeah. you come in, it's like, okay, this is going to be a great track. And then it changes 15 times and you're not sure. It comes back, back to the whole ADHD. I don't know what I'm doing. You know, I, I can't concentrate on one thing, right? I, it's like, yeah, yeah. And I think Phantomus for me is like um, Frank Zappa, like on Very. speed. Which yep. is and Frank Zappa is messed up on its own for me, and then it just feels like yeah, like I watched a, uh, I don't know, maybe you guys saw the Montreal Jazz Festival uh, with Phantomus, and it was just like it probably fit in perfectly for that kind of right that you know that 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 style, but it was very like you know crazy jazz, like just like do da 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 da, and they're they're like you know conducting it as they're doing it almost like they're making it up kind of as they go right and like even dave lombardo said that like the phantomist stuff is 10 times harder than anything that he's played in slayer oh for sure yeah yeah and you look at the the musicianship of it is unreal being able to do those changes that quickly to different mm -hmm. styles to different whatever i mean it's it's mind-blowing from a musician standpoint but from sitting back as a regular listener it's it was hard to digest so i but, think it's, uh, i really like that spider baby track and uh what's the other one uh investigation of a uh, citizen above suspicion those are the only two songs that i really dug off of that what were you gonna say Dane? Sorry. oh i'm just reading it i'm just looking on the uh, wikipedia page now i was because to me it sounds like buzz osborne like the way his songs are constructed, they're they're not they're they they're seemingly easy, but they're not. And, oh, definitely. But I'm just reading here, and it says songs composed by Mike Patton, and then he sent the demos to Buzz Osborne. So mm-hmm. this is a Mike Patton project, right? And I would have thought it it was it would have been a Buzz Osborne. Well, just even by, when you look at the Melvins, I mean, I love so much of what they've done, but yeah. It it also changes a bunch from album to album. It's like what's you know you you love one or two things and then they put out something else and it's it's a hard listen and then the next album is awesome and then yeah 
I mean, when you look at their uh, baseballs album where they've got two different bass players and it's that was a really interesting album. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. So. I, they kick ass live. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. One of the best shows I've been to. But um, I still yeah. listen to that Stoner Witch album. So good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that album. So good. But yeah, Phantomus uh, is, is a hard one for me too. Again, mm-hmm. it should be. It should be like top of the list, but it's just, totally. it's too extreme. So I guess there's my analogy kind of kicked out the window a little bit because it's <laughs> it's almost like there's no exercise and constraint with that. With that one. No, nope. it's definitely yeah. wide open. Yeah. And I, I really think it's it's cool how many different projects he did with uh, with Dave Lombardo. With the three right. different projects, I think. And they were all so different. Yeah. Yeah. And if you guys ever want to get your minds blown, just watch a couple of Dave Lombardo drum videos. There's a couple oh, on real. I was digging into some of those too lately. Damn. Yep. Unbelievable uh, stuff there. But yeah. Um, and it was funny too this week. Sorry, I'm all over the place. Kind of like the this whole, all the music we're talking about. But, um, you know, like... Uh, my daughter Penelope would come up. I'll be playing something in the garage, and she'll come out. She'd be like, "What's the name of this song, Dad?" I'm like, "Oh, you know, like um, precision guided needle dropping Nad larynx <laughs> munition, she's hammer like, smashed face." <laughs> yeah, just she's like, "Oh, okay, okay. Who's this by?" And then I just like tell her the name of it. Oh, okay, okay. But it's just like, and then she'd come out like five minutes later, she'd be like, what's this one called? And it's like, you know, convulsive antidote for nerve agent auto injector. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, she's listening to Yellow Submarine Inside and I'm listening to this stuff. It was just funny because she's always asking, what's the name of this song? Like, I don't know. <laughs> Too many That's words. Great. That's great. Mm-hmm. Takes you forty five minutes to explain the whole concept of just the title. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> um, and then we go to like the Italian yeah. stuff, you know. And I mean, I don't know how you guys feel about that. I mean, it's it's cool. I think it's it's neat. I mean, I, it, I mean, what did he have there? He had a 40, 40 piece orchestra. He had yeah, fifteen piece backing band and a choir. Uh, he's, he's going in, he's living in Bologna and he just. Was this the soundtrack that he did? Sorry. Was this the soundtrack that he did with that, uh, that French composer? No, No, this is the Mondo Kane. Yeah. Mondo Kane. Yeah. 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 2010. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Dane, what do you think there? Okay. So I got there from, there's a YouTube thing where there's like a vocal expert coach watching Mike Patton. Those were and, cool. And she's just like creaming in her seat. Oh, she's like, oh my God. <laughs> like, there's one, like, there's one shot of him like whistling and she's like, oh. <laughs> just like making these like noises. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Vocal coach coach reacts to Mike Patton singing, and she's just like so smitten. Anyway, so I found that and then I watched the um Sorry, what is it called? Kane? Mike Patton? Mondo Kane. Mondo Mondo Kane. It's, he, okay, he has an amazing range and like, um, let's say, control over his voice. 
but it's like it's it's a little cheesy it's a little tacky <laughs> and he's it's got yeah, schmall. He's got his slicked hair, and he's like holding the microphone. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. crooning. I it's mean, great. He, it's uh, yeah, and I don't. Again, I don't know how serious it is, but yeah. I mean, to get all those musicians together, I guess it's got to be kind of serious, right? Like, but the fact that the guy doesn't speak Italian beforehand, then learns how to speak Italian, can sing in Italian, and he's listening to he decides to listen to modern Italian pop music and that doesn't do anything for him. So he goes back to fifties and sixties Italian pop music. And he's like, Oh, there's orchestra behind all of these songs. Like kind of like there used to be an, even in American pop music, right. In the fifties and sixties. Yeah. And, uh, he's, he decides to recreate these in his own style. And, um, there was even one song that's in Neapolitan, and he didn't know how to speak Neapolitan, so he learned all the different like inflictions. And during the rehearsal, the the conductor is like fixing his pronunciation during that, and then he's able to just do it and then go and rip it off and in concert. Crazy, right? wow, what a mind. Yeah, yeah, like you know, there's that's not a usual thing, and you know, I don't know. And and going back to his vocals, I mean, from what I read, he has a six vocal or six octave octave. Range. Okay, so yeah. some reference, um, Mariah Carey has eight, I think. Eight? Okay, okay. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, we that's talked six. About that with the whole garage door opener. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> on, the, on, the Metall- on, on our Metallica episode, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, six octaves for that guy is crazy. That's, yeah. that's crazy. And there's actually a video on YouTube, again, I don't know if you guys saw it, but it shows all of his range through different songs in his career and it'll show you which note he's hitting at that time and then it shows you like a different song it'll be like here's him hitting this low a flat and then here's hitting like this ridiculously high 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 note right so yeah you know i mean and he comes up multiple times in you know greatest vocal ranges in rock history in music history you know like the guy's got chops there's no doubt about it because like we said you can go from crooning to screaming to control to he can do it all there's no there's no problem with that right he can rap it's not as good not as strong suit but he can still do it he can do it better than i can give it away you know away now <laughs> what do you guys think about the red hot chili peppers going off on a tangent? What What are your thoughts on the red hot chili peppers? That's funny you asked that. I just started listening. <laughs> I just started listening to Mother's Milk. Oh, yeah, man, fucking fantastic. I mean, really? like Mother Blood, I don't, Blood Sugar dude. Sex Magic was the only thing that they released that was ever good, and then the rest I just no, that was great. No way, man. Like that's no all he way. ever does. It's unreal. No, you got you got to give Mother's Milk another listen because it's it's fucking good. It's like I think John Fushante's first album with them. I could be wrong, first mm-hmm. or second. Um, it's fucking awesome. It's so good. Like, and they have horns. There's, it's not like the weird rap, like there is some rappy stuff, but there's a lot of funk. It's like the Chili's when they were like fucking awesome. 
And then Blood Sugar Sex Magic, obviously great. Californication, whatever. whatever. John but you're missing, back. you're missing the the other only track that I listened to is the the one off of the Beavis and Butthead Do America soundtrack. Ugh. Roller coaster. <laughs> Your love is like a roller coaster, baby, baby. Yeah. Yeah, and and they've they've completely fucking sold out. And I mean, yeah, they're multi 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 millionaires because of that. But like, yeah. Um, that I, I mean, that this could be another podcast. But why, so why <laughs> why do you ask? Probably will be. What do you think of the chilies? Uh, I kind of lean towards Mike's, uh, line of thinking there. I, I, I mean, I had a chance to see them a couple times and I turned it down both times. I don't know. Sure. Kind of, uh. yeah, I kind of feel like I'm like, I kind of feel like the Foo Fighters. Like I kind of feel like they did like one or two decent things and then the rest I'm like, eh, yeah, I don't know. You know, I like the first Foo Fighters album or the first Dave Grohl album, you know, and then, you know, Color and the Shape has got a couple things and then I'm like, okay, I'm done. And same thing with Chili Peppers. Like, I agree. I, I Mother's Milk, I pro- I'll give it another spin this week. I'll, I'll listen to it again. Fuck but so good. So good. I, Blood Sugar Sex Magic and then I drop off after that. Yeah. I mean, I had Californication, but it was... I don't know. There was a lot of radio hits on there. I liked yeah. when they dropped Stadium Arcadium. I liked the the hit. I liked that song. What's the song off of that one? Um, because I'm gone after California. Something to. Yeah, it was lame, but or what about Snow? Hey yo. Snow, something about snow, yeah. yo. But the thing is, like, yeah, he's, yeah. I don't, I, mother's milk, sex, blood, sugar, magic. Okay. I'll go back to mother's milk. I'll listen to it again. Yeah. But why do you ask? What's the. Oh, I'm just thinking on the, the whole Mike Patton versus Anthony Kiedis, you know, Relic Chili Peppers, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I just wanted to see where you guys, uh, lie on that and you know well it's just funny that anthony kiedis seems so threatened by mike Patton. otherwise why would he kick him off of festivals and that sort of thing right i mean it it just seems a little small and petty and that's what i'm saying though on those ones excessive. like that, okay they tried to like make the make them mainstream i just don't see mr bungle being fitting in with any of that stuff that's going to be on those bills like it just doesn't feel like that is it feels like they tried and then when they did try they got booed off the stage because the crowd that's there didn't want to hear that kind of stuff right they wanted the hits yeah okay but you have to admit faith no more epic the song epic yeah he is ripping off on anthony kiedis the rap he's doing the the rippity rappity like it's i could see it and he's got like boxing gloves on he's all like trying to be funky and styly and like that like that's i think the dance that anthony kiedis was pissed off about like and it's a long hair it's the no shirt you know whipping the hair you know yeah but 
I mean, it was just way more entertaining. Like I, I think back to again to that Faith No More on Saturday Night Live. It was on the other week. I, I oh, tape yeah? all like the old Faith or the old uh, Saturday Night Lives just for the musical acts, right? And they show yeah. like a vintage one now, and they show the new stuff. So I'll just oh cool. I'll, I'll wow. just fast forward. And the John Goodman one was on, so and Nicole right. hadn't seen it, so I was like, "Check this out!" So I showed it to her, and it was just like mouth open for you know four minutes, and I'm like, "You don't see this anymore on Saturday Night Live. Like, there's not very no. many performances like this, right?" Like, uh, Machine Gun Kelly was pretty dope. I saw it <laughs> and fast forwarded through it. Yeah, I watched Bad Bunny last week too. The 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 guy that that tried to do the rap thing and and got crushed by Eminem, so he thought he'd try and do a rock thing now and then. He just holds a guitar. He I don't even know if he plays that thing. He's like know. Elvis Presley. <laughs> I don't know. It's a showpiece. It's not even a thing. Machine yep. Gun Kelly, come on. But yeah, it, I don't know. I it's just it it's I can see that that side of the rip off. I guess you know. But like, there is so few songs on even Angel Dust that are like that. Yeah, you know, like yeah, there's exactly. not a lot was, of those. Yeah. And who knows? He may even just like did it to piss off Anthony Kiedis. Who knows? But yeah, right? there's like, just that's the thing. Yeah, there's what, so what much was more the release, to him. What was the release time frame between the two? Uh, oh, real close. close. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Whenever Epic was released is probably 89, 88. Yeah. And Peppers were, yeah, the Chili's were doing stuff around that time. But like Patton is like the son and like Anthony Kiedis is like a bust up. <laughs> So <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Yeah. That's so an excellent whenever. way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys listen to Lavage? I couldn't do it. I tried. No, I didn't. <laughs> Music to make love to your old lady by? I tried. Oh, well. I couldn't do it. Lavage. If that's how love, you say it. Lovage. I don't know. Lovage, Lavage. That and Peeping oh. Tom were hard for hard listens for me. Oh, I was a huge I like Peeping Tom fan. <laughs> Really? I like peeping yeah, Tom I went and too. saw them. Wow, cool. Yeah. He got drunk and tried to pick a fight with the crowd towards the end. Of course he did. He was not a happy dude at the end. <laughs> I like that Peeping Tom album. They, and everybody's on there. It's like massive attack to Nora <laughs> yeah. Jones. Like it's just so different. But I like it. I don't know. It's it's got a cool vibe to it. I I I dig it. I like it. But there's a bunch on here that, yeah, that Lavage one, I don't know. It was like, <laughs> again, here's another one that you don't even know what's going on or what to take seriously and all the different sounds, the sexual sounds that are going on that he's making. And like, I don't know. Yeah. Did you take a look at, um, so I kind of went about this through uh, Epicac Records. So he's got, and this is, I found a lot of really interesting uh, connections. Um, okay, so the other dude who owns, so he runs Epicac with uh, Workum. Uh, what's yeah, his name? Greg Wreckum. <clears throat> Wreckum, that's it. Wreckum. Yeah. Yeah, who used used to be a part of uh, Alternative Tentacles, and that was yep. the record label that signed No Means No. So there was that connection, and then I yep. saw that uh, on the Wikipedia page that they would like follow 
No Means No around. So they were like fans of No Means No, like the Mr. Bungle guys. So I started looking through the Epicac like recordings, like the all the stuff that he's put out. And I found like a whole bunch of weird shit that I have never even heard of before. Like there's a, the Kata Patton. Oh, Kata Patton. Yeah, I've got that on my list too. I listened to some of that as well. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, that's not bad. That's one of the better ones on my list. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, there's a whole bunch that they have on that record label that I I wrote down. I've got a list of ones that now I'm just going to check out and see what they're all about. But they had a very eclectic mix of, of people on there and like different things too. Like I noticed they had like Queens in the Stone Age, but only like the vinyl distribution. That's yeah. they, they only deal with the vinyl distribution on Queens of the Stone Age. I'm like, how did they just get that? Like, that's kind of crazy, right? Like, someone owns a record sub press deal after sub deal. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I also checked out too what Epicac. I, I didn't know what that was. And Epicac is vomit-inducing medicine. Yeah, yeah, For babies. <laughs> so their slogan is making people sick since 1999. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was good. Yeah, I thought that was good. Um, but they, they, they kind of set out to their, their goal was to not own any artists. Yeah. They, they only sign them to a one, uh, one album deal. Well, it's so, kind of like fat records was a lot like that too. Yeah. Yeah. Just do one. And then if you want to do another one, then you can come back or if we want you to come back, but we're not signing you to a five album deal. That's the only way to do it, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially if you're not. A gigantic one too right yeah well the, the everything's changed so much too i mean way back in the day when you had a five plus album deal the the record labels had a lot of money and they spent a lot of time grooming you <clears throat> where you know they they you put out five albums but your first one's going to be uneventful but they keep you know there was money to put into building and developing artists so by the third album they should have something that's that's uh you know a really killer offering right so but now that there's no money it's just there's no point in doing that it's a one album and if you're good we'll sign you for another one if not then we'll find someone else so can't buy your two hundred thousand dollar chain yeah off your advanced jet and <laughs> no more of that back in the day yeah <laughs> oh back to Phantomist. The, the other thing I had written down here too. Dave Lombardo said that if Picasso made music, then this is this would be the kind of music that he would make. So that kind of I gives could, you an idea. Yeah, yeah. I could see that. I mean, when you even looking at uh, what was the album, the director's cut. Yeah, and that thing was all over the damn place too. But they had really cool um, samples, movie samples, and whatnot, which were pretty awesome. And but yeah, Mike Fadden's got a lot. You, you of those. have to be. Yeah, you have to be in the frame of mind to sit with that. Otherwise, it's hard to digest. Yeah. Going back to hemophiliac, too. These are all the points I had written down that I'm just knocking off my list now. Check them off. Yeah, they said he said it was improv improvisational music from the outer reaches of madness. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. 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 Did you guys listen to the... Or have you listened to the Chino's Team Sleep? Have you listened to that before? Because he's on there too. No. Yeah, Chino Marino's 
Team Sleep. I don't recall that one. No. Yeah. Yeah. He's on there too. What's that? Too. Um, <laughs> I don't even know how to describe it to you. It's one of those again, right? Like you got to check it out. Um, it's a, it's but, a, is it another side project like crosses? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's it kind of like a one-off hit thing. No, no, it's a, it's a completely different side project. Yeah. Yeah. But Mike Patton's on there too. Like, and that's the thing. Like he's just, he's on these different selections, even like Dillinger escape, Plan, yeah. right? Like he's only Love on that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, um, it was funny. I remember when I was still teaching high school, a kid gave me that album. Yeah. And I was like, like, oh, and so maybe that's the other one I knew about Mike Patton or had yeah. listened to because I was like, hey, Mike Patton's on this album. Like, did you do you know Mike Patton? The kid's like, no. no. Mike Patton yeah. is. And I was like, oh, get okay. out. Yeah. <laughs> you fail. You I'm get like, but F. you're listening to something pretty cool. So I'm like, I'm going to keep you in the class. That's uh, <laughs> thanks for the disc. I'll, I'll listen to this, right? Yeah. So that was the other thing. I was like, this is awesome. But like he was on nothing else. Dillinger Escape Plan did, right? So yeah. just one of those one-off well, it, it's things. It's very cool how he goes from from being like a, a, a funk guy to a, a crooner guy to, a, you know, all these different levels of of his vocal art, but how super influenced he was by old punk and hardcore and and you know projects like dead cross where it's it's full-on hardcore or dillinger skate plan or you know stuff like that where it's it's so focused or you go back to once again uh uh mr bungle the raging wrath of the easter bunny where it was their first demo that they did just on a cassette when they were what 19 something like that and it was pure thrash. The entire album was all thrash. Uh, they had a little. You you could tell that they where where it where the trajectory of it. How how they would add little bits and pieces of weird off sort of left turns, but for the most part, it was a full on thrash album. So um, just just looking at his roots of that, and then going on to everything else he did, it's it's wild. And taking that all the way up to movie scores and movie soundtracks, uh, video games, that, that he, video <laughs> games and movie soundtracks. He did uh, the Crank soundtrack uh, that right. David uh, Jason Stamuth, or uh, yeah, Stamuth, Statham. Damn it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I read too that like on. I, I never saw it, but um, oh man, what's that Will Smith movie now? Um, Bad Boys. I am. No, no, uh, I am legend. I am bad <laughs> What was the one with uh, the giant spider? Get jiggy yeah. with it? He was on that one? No, 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 no. No, 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 Yeah. Uh, I am legend. He did, Mike Patton didn't do the music. He did the monster sounds. Just Yeah, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that kind of stuff, right? Just like. But yeah, movie soundtracks, right? But then like full scores of yeah of stuff, right? Like not like his usual stuff. I just I I can't think of somebody else in the music industry that has had this breadth of 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 projects and diversity styles. And, yeah. yeah, like who else, right? Like if if there if somebody else is out there, then please tell me or and I'd like to check them out because 
I cannot find like we you talked about Phil Anselmo and like lots of different projects, lots of different stuff, but like you know, kind of for the most part, other than his that you know where he's wearing a suit, that right. kind of stuff. It's all kind of you know within the same, the same kind of vein, deal. yeah, yeah totally. right. But this is just like not. And I mean the the only other this. cat that I can think of that is similar to a Mike Patton would probably be Devin Townsend. Yeah. Only only going by. Yeah, it's he he's got so much diversity with that as well, where you can go from the majority of his career was very metal driven, but uh his his more recent I guess past five albums or whatever, the past ten years or so, it's it it's kinda out there where, where he's got casualties of cool, which is just him and a female vocalist and his telecaster and it's really <clears throat> It's it's one vein, and then he goes to his his newer Devin Townsend stuff, where his his newest album, it's 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 almost like this big epic of a. It could be like a, a not necessarily a movie soundtrack, but it's just so in depth and involved with layers and layers and layers, that kind of a thing. Um, he's he's the only other guy that I could sort of put in that in that spot as a Mike Patton comparative so yeah i don't know yeah and like not you know involved in so many different projects with so many different people but can walk down the street and nobody would ever know who the guy was in most places right like yeah which is maybe the ultimate like i'm not sure like is that is that not like if you imagine that as a you know a career as a musician you know if you put yourself in mike Patton's position is that not the greatest for and me that would be the best like kiss to hide your <laughs> yeah like i would love to just not be famous but to be involved with all these different projects and have all these different contacts with all these guys where i can just call and tag the guy from slayer and be like do you want to be in my band and he'd be like yeah let's, yeah let's do it <laughs> i'm doing this project you want to get three djs yeah okay let's i'm in right yeah just fantastic and that's his entire Perfect. career right like that's basically from high school all the way up to where he's at now still doing this you know yeah. and still killing it i don't know like it's just we got a new Tomahawk coming out. We had a new Mr. Bungle album last year. Like, it just keeps coming. Yeah, yeah. I'm just wondering where the where he gets the money though, because all his most of his projects are so touring, man. Out there. Yeah, I, I mean, so I saw there. I saw Faith No More uh, at a giant festival. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there's touring. He's got a record label. Um, there's, but, I'm sure he's ghostwriting. I'm like, I'm there's with the multitude of things that he's doing. There's got to be and, something. Uh, I checked his net worth because I'm just that kind of guy, and yeah, he, <laughs> he's worth a bit of bread. Like he's okay. He's doing, he's okay. doing all right. He, he How much is he worth? Money off of the real thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. When Faith and More came back, I'm sure they they scored because they were playing huge. They were like, I don't know if they because I saw him. Uh, it was called Rock and Scene mm-hmm. um, in France, and I think they headlined. Yeah, and it was like it was, I don't know, thousands, thousands of people. Yeah, I guess it depends and, like, on the country everyone, too. everyone, mind blown that they were seeing Faith Lamore. Like Faith Lamore hadn't done anything in how long? Yeah. So 
but I don't know. He's a smart dude too. So totally. Yeah. Monster royalties, monster sound effects, royalties, <laughs> <laughs> video games and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, Faith No More has probably got to fuel a lot of that. A lot of those side projects, right? Like I think that his, the money that comes in from Faith No More probably. And yeah. the tours and stuff like that, right? Like it has to. And like they had hits before totally. uh, the digital age. Well, I thought so. it was funny watching uh, some interviews there where they were talking about the the new Mr. Bungle album and they had these limited shows where they were doing, I think it was like 10 shows and that was it. And people were buying tickets for this and it was selling out so fast everywhere and nobody knew the material that they were going to be playing. They just heard, holy shit, it's Mr. Bungle, let's get tickets. And yeah. everyone was expecting one thing and they come out with their thrash album. Yeah. You know, it's it's like everybody buys the album but nobody knows what they're about to see kind of thing. It's like taking it's like taking a hit of of like acid. Exactly. You know, you Are don't you know ready what you're going to get. Crash? Here we yeah. Go. Like, whoa, okay. <laughs> and Not I think Mike Madden prides himself on yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, this is, is not what I out paid there. for. <laughs> this is not what I paid for. Right. <laughs> and I think that's what happened at the tool shows. You know, if I had to guess, I was not at the tool shows, but uh, where where Tomahawk opened, but you know, he talked about like people sitting there eating their cotton candy and popcorn, watching the opening act, and he just wanted to poke poke them in the eye. That's what he wanted to do. He wanted to mix that up, and I think that people didn't like that, and you know, booed him off the stage multiple times, but didn't boo him off the stage, just booed him. Right, like Mike right. Patton is not leaving the stage, and no. you know <laughs> Tom Hoggle is not leaving the stage. That he's just going to feed off of that. So yeah. you know, oh yeah, some more. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, we've all had those experiences when you go to see the opening act in you know big arenas or whatever, and you know everybody's eating their popcorn, and you're like, yeah, not bad, not bad, pretty good, right? <laughs> That's <laughs> tough. <laughs> you know. I think that Tomahawk comes out and you're like, well, what is this? Like completely different than anything else. And, you know, the fact that even Tool asked them to come onto their tour, and, you know, Mike Patton said too, like, uh, they must like us. And, you know, God bless them for that. You know, they must like our band. But, well, you know. Tool, in, in the grand scheme of things, they're obscure enough style-wise that I could see how that would fit. Kind of. When was this? I like, yeah. Mm, 2003, I think. Okay, yeah. 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 So 10,000 Days, or was that around that time? I think it was right before that. What was the album before 10,000 Days? Uh, Lateralis? I think so. Yeah. Well, because with Lateralis, I saw them with Mashuga, so it must have just been their American run, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, they weren't on there for very long, and I think that once they got booed, I don't think the two last them back again, because I don't think that no. it was... But at the Let's same time, don't you want here? It fits. <laughs> yeah, don't you want a shitty band opening up for you? Maybe I don't know, like to make yourself look better. You know, I mean, <laughs> that's a good question. A band, but. You don't want to put the crowd to sleep. You don't want to leave them with a bad taste in their mouth. Yeah, no. But you know, even when we played too, it was always kind of nice. I mean, let's be honest, right? Like if there was kind of a band that wasn't so hot, we were like, every man, band better that played than these with guys us sucked. Yeah, <laughs> we we crushed them all. 
<laughs> there was a lot of we junkie the bands all Juggernauts right. of the Edmonton scene. <laughs> Juggernauts. When we left, there was a, a huge void. Smoking hole in the ground. A huge void <laughs> left <yeah>. behind. <laughs> no, but I feel true. the same remember, way. Wasn't yeah. there a band that played with a fucking pirate's hook? Like the bass player had a pirate's hook? Oh, Do man. you remember that show? <laughs> We're just like, yeah, we're gonna fucking blow these guys out of the water. Play with. I, oh, <laughs> did you bring that's your hook? Awesome, that's awesome. Where's your hook? Was it? It wasn't a Halloween show or anything. It was just where'd like you, a no, gimmick. You park your, where'd you park your pirate ship? Yeah, it was like middle of January. <laughs> and <laughs> let's play with a pirate hook. You yeah. know, I mean, there was just some interesting bands that we played with, but at the same time, in those kind of scenes. It was good because then you're like, you came out and blew the roof off the joint and it was like, or at least you thought you did. But yep. do you remember the dudes who thought they were like the shit and like better than us? I remember we played sidetrack. I needed an amp for some reason. Yeah. And um, Mike, I think it's actually one of those pictures that you showed us earlier because yeah. I'm playing off a David and Eden rig and I never had that one. That wasn't yours, no. It wasn't mine, but I remember like, whatever happened, my shit blew up. It wasn't working. And this guy from the band, I forget who it was, but he was just like, no. Total dick. And I, I think, I don't think that amp was his. We just scrounged it up from some other band. But I remember asking the guys that were coming on after us if I could just use his rig. And he was like, no, man. I remember that. I don't remember who it was, though. Like cool blue method or some fucking cool, oh, cool deep blue or, method or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. Something. There's a you're playing another rig here, Mike, on this on this picture. A Soldano. What? Soul a soul. <laughs> I wasn't playing a Soldano, was I? I don't oh, think no. so. Oh fuck no. No, 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 no. Oh, if it was, I would have fucking bought the thing. Oh, that check that it was out. the other band. That's an SLO 100. Yeah, that was the other band. I was not plugged into that. That one's not on. If I was, I would have fucking lost my mind. The other rig there. Oh, there's the other one. Yeah, I was and I'm oh. not plugged into that. It's like in in the way. <laughs> like, yeah, that was that was definitely the other bands. Yeah, okay. and I don't oh. think it was Cool Blue Method, but I fucking remember these dudes, and they're just oh. like, I was look, yeah. Oh, I want that amp so bad. I was looking into buying one and they're like six grand Canadian new. Now. Like retarded. Somebody had nice gear. Yes, they did, and it wasn't us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, our our gear was awesome. Yeah, no, we had nice gear actually when you think about it. Yeah. I don't know why. I do miss that that like amp that I had. That M eighty. Yep. Yeah, whatever whatever happened to to the uh, the other one though the painted one? What happened to that rig? Oh, who fucking knows? I don't know. I have no idea. Did your parents throw it out? Probably. <laughs> this one. Yeah. Yeah, my uncle Dave gave thunder. me that whole setup. Yeah, right. I had wrote thunder on it. Thunder. <laughs> But there used to be a like uh, like a 
a carpet kind of over top yeah. like that brownish carpet and then that got ripped off and then that got and then you painted that beast on there that's it's like a one 12 inch or a 115 inch speaker yeah it was a 15 and that's a trainer t-r-a y-n-o-r those amp heads are awesome yeah it was decent actually it caught on fire once uh, it gave you shock. It gave shocks too. Yeah, it gave you. Remember, shocks. we would tell we'd touch like the telepost in the basement, and then uh, like get get a yeah. jolt every once in a while. Was was that the uh, was that the amp head that we had that uh, electrocuted Trev when he went uh, and walked up to the mic? Oh, maybe it, it must have been because it I wouldn't have been the fender. There was no ground in it, so yeah. I just that remember walking up to the microphone and just got zapped. That would have been it. Oh my God. I remember. So we had like uh, a couple of bands back in the day and one of them was called Phoenix Foundation. That's the only one that I remember you guys talking about was Phoenix. Yeah. Based off of like the headquarters of MacGyver, I think. (laughs) Yeah. That was Derek's idea. Yeah. Yeah. And so we had uh, Derek fucked off. And so he just left us with his buddy Dean who wound up being in the band for a little while. And I remember we were having a practice one day in your basement and he grabs the mic and starts doing this weird dance. <laughs> we're just like, whoa, dude, it's a cool yeah. dance. And then he fucking <laughs> falls back. <laughs> and he's like, did you guys see that flash of light? <laughs> cool dance. Like, no, we saw that, that sweet dance you did though. <laughs> and he yeah. like, had just gotten like electrocuted. Yeah. Like he it grabbed like the almost mic. almost famous. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll never forget that. He was like yeah. doing this dance. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Whoa, dude. Okay. Hello. Hello, Springton. <laughs> Hello, Springton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, and there's there's Kev's old acoustic amp too. Remember that? I forgot he had a combo. Yeah. You can't yeah. really see it there, but that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder land. where that is. Yeah. In a landfill somewhere. And then that drum kit. Beauty. Yeah. What do you got in the kick there, Mike? Fucking clown. Clown. A clown. A clown. clown that's scary. I didn't. I had to buy. That only came with. It didn't come with a floor, Tom. You can tell, too. I had to, like. I, I bought that floor Tom t- took the <laughs> wrap off color. of it. Yeah. And then tried to like, yeah, match the tone and didn't quite do it. But look how junk, look at that symbol. It's, like, it's just a piece of your Easter junk. sticks look pretty good there. Oh yeah, man. Oh yeah. That old piece of yep. Look how much gear we got. We just, <laughs> just <laughs> yeah, we had a, everywhere. <laughs> yeah, we even had a mic stand with a boom. Like, where did we get that from? And a power bar. Look at the power bar. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just for, plug for it all listeners, in. For the listeners, we're just going over some really old, old photos that were were dug up from the archives. So. Yeah, uh, way back. Way back and might, might have to post a couple of those on the IG for this one. So. Oh, yes. send them to you. Yeah. Just just for continuity. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta grab another beer. Hang on. Keep talking. Do you guys it. are playing something different at this uh uh wakeboard festival too. I don't know what you guys are plugged into here, but it's not your usual. Let's see. 
I can't really read what what it is, but let's see here. Holy fuck, man. Oh, there we go. It's just your camera focusing in. Ah. Is that a trainer? What are you playing on there? A premier. Yeah, so they probably just had shit set up for us. Do you remember what you played through, Mike, at this show? I brought my, yeah, you can see I brought my 410 Fender Hot Rod. I've got my US Lone Star Strat behind there, and I've got my Parried Smith 96. And uh, it's funny, with that show, I remember, too, we, we had played the night before to probably about 300 people, and then we drove out, what, almost three hours to get to this outdoor show, and... My These guitar, two guys were in the audience. There, were, there was like five people in the They're audience. They're bald with fucking uh, Oakleys, like not other, on. Other than the, yeah, other than the people that were there working the the beer tents, and I remember my my guitar was just the the pickup area was just covered in blood from the night before because we had, we had rocked it so hard and I had shredded my thumb so bad that it was just covered in blood. That's probably the biggest stage we've played on, though. The size of that stage, like, and the lights on that stage, like, that's, like, full-on. That was bigger than needed to be for that venue. It was too good for Prism. (laughs) Yeah. Well, they didn't. (laughs) Did Prism even show up? I remember. Like, it's unfortunately I don't remember the show the night before, but I do remember that show. And it was like, didn't it rain? And then they're just, like, calling off. It It was a shitty day, yeah. The yeah. big, uh, they had the big Coors Light blow up on the side of the stage, and it was gonna like take off into the sky, and they were like, <laughs> "Shut it a down!" Wake- <laughs> it was it was a wakeboarding festival, and I think only two people were actually wakeboarding because it was such a bad day. Oh yeah, it was like a nasty day out. Mm. How did we get that show? I don't remember. I think that's a Trev show. <laughs> Yeah, Sounds a, like it, yeah. Yeah, that's a Trev kind of show. Yeah. Get off and the I, stage at, at like 2 in the morning and yeah. then drive four hours the next day to get to this shitty festival that was nothing. Yeah, yeah. And then drive back because you don't want to pay for a No, we stayed room. the night. We stayed we at... Um, oh, you guys stay? didn't? I thought, I thought we drove back. So maybe we, you, you guys drove back. drove back. Yeah. Me and Trev stayed at Lindsay's place. Um, yeah, we definitely drove back. Yeah, for we some reason we stayed. Back. Yeah, no, we stayed. And then I, <laughs> get, I guess I got a ride home from Trout? I don't must have. That. Must have. It's a long way to go to hitch a ride <laughs> with your gear. <laughs> I don't yeah. think I was playing my gear. I think I just fucking showed up and plugged into whatever. Yeah. You're playing your bass. That's it. <laughs> yeah. That's it. I was on the and side I remember of the I got the next day. I got us this one. The oh man, I the quick lube. Yeah, on a fucking like flatbed. Didn't they just yeah, like it's, pull up yeah. a flatbed and we played on top of it? Yeah, it's us setting up set up on a big flatbed at a car dealership with a yeah, it was like a Dodge dealership, wasn't it? No, it was Crosstown Motors. This Crosstown was Motors, like yep. one yeah. of our first gigs. No, from what I remember, yeah, this was like way in the beginning. No, I don't think so. You still well, got I, your your PV weird. down there too. Oh yeah, I fucking brought everything. <laughs> <laughs> I was ready for Jiffy Lube, man. It was gonna be. Quick lube. 
that's why I'm saying this is probably one of her first shows because it was like, hell yeah. It must have been hot. I'm wearing a wife beater. Oh, it was so hot. Beater. Oh, it man. was so hot that day. Yeah, I remember I had the fan on me there. It was smoking hot. <laughs> <laughs> the parking lot of Quick Loop. That is awesome. There was a lot of people there, too. Yeah, there was. There was quite a few race fans. I don't know. Oh, it was probably for uh, like the Indy. Remember when they used to have the Indy in Edmonton? Oh, yeah. That was probably yeah. what it was for. Yeah. 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 We didn't play at Indy. We played no, in no. the parking lot of Quick Loop, <laughs> which was going while, on at the same time as While Indy, Indy was happening. Yeah. So, but there was like 500 people there, I'm sure. Oh, at least. <laughs> I remember pretty, like there was a barbecue going on. I remember it being like a fun time. Yeah. Yeah. I taught the, the guy who worked in the service department, the service manager, I taught his kid drums. So oh, yeah. he was like, we're playing, we got this barbecue for the, must have been for the indie. So come on out. Like you guys want to play? And, and like, yeah, sure. Like we said, we didn't <laughs> turn down really any shows. So no, we'll really. do it. Play a quick lube in the Crosstown Motors parking lot on a Saturday when it's 36 degrees. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> we had to learn a bunch of cover tunes, didn't we? I just remember a lot of, we did a tragically hip song and then. A bunch of our own, and did we? I don't remember playing okay. covers there, I but so. yeah. I know we're we're far off the beaten path here. But we yeah, are. We I got wait, 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 once wait, again. Wait. Once again, this is a, a chasing the topic episode. So. Uh, do you remember the um, the make money gig? We did it a couple uh, times. That I'm trying to remember the name of the fucking bar. JJ's. But oh, JJ's by that traffic circle. Yeah. <laughs> And I got pictures of that too. I didn't bring them out. Oh, and and we dressed up in like old man attire, and we were called the old timers. Yeah, yeah, that was we awful. Fucking plain, like. Although, Aerosmith. although I do remember, I do remember that we did that three three times. I think it was, and the last one that we played was the night that Lane Staley died. Yeah. Hmm. Because I remember getting the phone call from you. So prior to the show, or no, one one of our breaks, we were out sitting by your car or your truck, and I had thrown in uh, the dirt, and we were cranking that like mad in between sets. And then I remember we were all done. We packed up. Everyone went home in about three in the morning or so. I think it was Dane that called me. I think it was you that called me and said Lane's dead. It's like, oh, dude. Like just out of nowhere. That's intense. I actually phone called you and you you phoned me. You phoned me. Dude. I grabbed my phone and it was no Sorry, it it's was not one funny. Of, it's not funny. It was one of those those hard hitting moments where Mike's doing the flip phone. Yep. 100, Hello. 100%, On my that's how Motorola Star Tac. Hey, man. (laughs) Yep. That's exactly how it went down. I know it's three in the morning. Three in the morning. He's like, Lane's dead. (laughs) Text obviously had not been invented yet. (laughs) Yeah, no. Uh, JJ's Uh, would pay us, though. Like It was like $300 for a a Friday, Saturday. Yeah, like it was a... That was a job, though, man. We had to play four sets of covers every fucking night just to... 
And the only yeah. reason why we did it was to pay for studio time with Stu. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it was just work. <laughs> I remember it was. just Dane working on homework at the subway next the door. The subway like, next door. Yeah, yeah yep. just like oh, in between yeah. sets, just, you know, but it was like a yeah. job. Yeah, it was just and, making and the money. Prior, prior to one of the shows, I remember the DJ was cranking um, typo negative. Oh, I thought you were going to say he was on crank. <laughs> no, no, that was that was after. I remember being approached many times by guys trying to deal drugs to me right after I got off stage from our like second or third set out of four. And yeah, there were some interesting cats in that pub that came sketchy. out. I mean, yeah, the, the neighborhood didn't, you know, it wasn't the greatest neighborhood. So, you know, sketchy. that was part of it, but. Yeah, I was. And then it turned into the Lizard Lounge. I after you guys, I oh. think you guys were gone. It turned into the Lizard Lounge, and I don't know what it is now, but I'm sure it's something else. It's probably <laughs> dead now after COVID. <laughs> Good riddance. Left. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you guys think we'll get to go to shows again? Yeah, it'll be a while. It'll, it's still going to be a while. I don't, you know, pe- they, I keep reading things that they're going to start pushing shows and I see all these other bands putting together these huge tours saying 2021 and whatever. 22. Fall, fall whatever. Be- I don't think any of that shit should happen at least until summer, fall of 22. 22. Get your fucking vaccines. Get it. Get your shots. Get it. That's the only way it, it's it's worthwhile even thinking about and it's unreal how many anti-vaxxers are out there these fucking retards that are fighting it and just get it and let's carry on and let's get back to life yeah i agree i i think it's probably 2022 before we probably see something that we can go to but Mm -hmm. but when it happens it's gonna be killer yeah, like that'll be the maybe that's one episode who you want to see when you your first show back. And it, it's funny. Prior to this, you uh, you know, I got to a point where I was just sort of bored with shows, or the the incentive wasn't there. And now after a year, probably going to be two years when it ha- you know when it starts hitting again, I'm going to hit so many damn shows. Yeah, like, it's like just you gonna go be a huge resurgence for me. So. You've been going since, you know, you're 15, 16 years old, going to shows, you know, at least a couple of year, you know, yep. and then when you can afford a little bit more than you go, but when you get older, but yeah, just having that cut off for one full year, at least, you know, is, is a lot. And two is even more so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crazy. Um, Just to bring it back around to Mike Patton and just to maybe we can probably wrap it up there too yeah but i going back into um lyrics too oh boy uh, i know ne- yeah, i tried yeah. getting into it's so beyond me yeah lyrics like, for what he's doing yeah unbelievable right like you know we we've had an episode about lyrics and we've talked about lyrics and just some of the stuff that he talks about and some of the um that was some of the rabbit holes that i ended up going down that i found that you know, like on his second solo album, which is again, all in Italian, Mm -hmm. um, but about like Italian futurism and the Italian futurist movement of like 
in the 20th century, which I had never heard of before and did more research on it. It's and the entire fucking album. awesome. Yeah. You, do you know yeah. about Dane? Yeah. I, I took like uh, a couple art history classes in university. So it's like pretty much, uh, I think it even extends further back into like 19th century, like end of 19th century. It's kind of like uh, on the coattails of um like modernism cubism but they're yeah. like incorporating movement into it yeah and that's the fucking future as far as like you know the art community was concerned and there's some really cool stuff that came out of that i think one of the more listen to me fucking geeking out here i think one of the more like famous guys was marcel duchamp who was uh, yeah. a futurist and also cross-dresser and uh he <laughs> he invented something called the ready-made so look it up. It's awesome stuff. I love it. That's where I went down. I went down yeah. that rabbit hole of, of futurism. And the whole second album is about like the futurism or the futurist movement around like cuisine. And that whole second album oh, wow. like Patton is about like how they wanted to change Italian cuisine to like make it a whole experience. So they wanted to get rid of forks and knives. They wanted to use more perfumes in cooking. They wanted to... Um, get rid of pasta because they thought it created pessimism in people and like <laughs> wow. all these different things. Huh? And this whole album, his second solo album that he released after that, just mouth sounds was all about this kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it was just, it was like a virtual cookbook. It was all about like that kind of <gasps> oh, stuff. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. I've heard of this. And yeah. just like again, crazy, crazy stuff, right? Like, but yeah, just the lyrics, though. Uh, you know, when you actually dive into those, it's over my head. You know, and I don't know how that guy again can even remember every single lyric when he is in concert. Like, I, I would need a teleprompter twenty four seven if I was that guy. Like, I would not remember from one project to the next. I'd be mashing all those up together. I'd be singing, Phantomist songs over top of Faith No More songs, like Faith No More I, songs in Italian. Yeah, like, and he'd probably be able to rip that off. But like, I just, yeah, yeah the 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 lyric side of him as well as something also that needs to be recognized as, you know unbelievable as well as long with his, along with his vocals so yeah yep. yeah most definitely yeah oh so guys out of, out of all of his projects can you name one album or one project that stands out as your favorite just as a just as a shutter down Mick Gas, I think because it is the next, um, it is the next album that should have happened after Angel Dust. It sounds like a amazing progression from what they were doing, and after Angel Dust, like Faith Lamore just kind of like they took a, a left instead of a right, and I you think didn't like King for a day, fools for a lifetime. Uh, there's some good in that, yeah. There's, yeah, it's okay, but they sort of went more um, back to mainstream, I, I guess. Yeah, it's it's okay. I had I had the CD I listened to it when I was younger, but mm. but Mick asked from like for me, 
is like that is the album that should have happened right after angel dust interesting that's yeah. a cool way to look at it yeah i already gave you mine it's anonymous tomahawk wow yeah <laughs> yeah cool no no question about it that is like i said in my top 20 albums of all yeah. time it's very cool i've listened to that a billion times so well i'm gonna leave it with dead cross 2017 uh ross robison was the uh producer on it Mm -hmm. front to back it's it's the only one out of his entire catalog that i've been obsessed with that i could listen to 10 times back to back and still love it and uh i really dig their version of Bauhaus, uh bella lugosi's dead yeah what a killer killer cover so that's my pick. Nice. Yeah, I think I'm definitely going to head back and take a look at I mean this I I this project was so daunting and I think cuz I got so sidetracked just looking into all of the stuff that um like the 6 degrees of separation is just insane. Too and much so, information. Too much. Yeah. Yeah. But funny enough we didn't find a, a Dave Mustaine connection here. Shit. Fuck. No, we did I really, not. I really tried, though. <laughs> you did? Yeah, I did, too. I, I really <laughs> tried. Every, every time I try for the Dave Mustaine. Yeah. No, I don't think. Oh, there. I'm sure there's some Mike Patton, Dave Mustaine connection. But if we find they it, we'll each have, other or something. Yeah, some kind of thing, rift. That they had Dave Mustaine thinks Mike Patton's a fucking tool or something. <laughs> <laughs> let's just go with that. Let's let's just say that that's what it is. Okay, well we'll start this. We'll start this feud. Yeah, exactly. I'm glad <laughs> you you named Dave Mustaine in this episode, so that's that counts. That's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> His name was spoken and uttered in this episode, so that's well, the, all we need. The last the last episode that we talked, we were talking about gear. And we were talking about you. You asked why nobody uses Gibson guitars in metal. Mm-hmm. And well, now Dave Gibson's Mustaine, coming out. Yeah, yeah. Recently, Dave Mustaine has left Dean guitars to go to Gibson, <laughs> and it makes zero sense because Dave Mustaine has never ever used Gibson on any album or any live or any. It was. As far as I can find, it's always been Jackson guitars <laughs> and Dean guitars. For the Mike's past doing the money, forty the money years. Son. Forty money, years, money, money. That's why. Makes, that's it's all about the cash. And and even the the promotional stuff that he's putting out for Gibson doesn't make any sense because he's talking about how he's always been a lifelong, uh, secret lifelong fan of Gibson, but he's never used them in anything ever. Since he was like 16. So fuck, whatever. Yep. So that's that's our Dave Mustaine. So uh wait, I'm yeah. on Reddit right now. I'm on Reddit and <laughs> here here's a Reddit by okay. uh, someone. Dave Mustaine and then in parentheses from Megadeth. Listen to Faith No More daily to get him going. There you go. There you There's go. There's the ender right Straight there. Straight from the fucking source. Beauty. <laughs> Print it. 
print it. The end. <laughs> okay, let's hit stop. Okay. <laughs>